This week on Foamcast Radio, the D-Dart Tempest spawns an entire family of new blasters. Flywheel the World releases their own printed half-dart blaster. I give you my tactical analysis of the quick shot. Your requisition recon and Battlespace Intel awaits as always. And Chris Zimmerman from My3D Base is back in the war room to fill us in on his latest creations. Listen up and load up. It's time for the biggest podcast in the world dedicated to foam blaster toys. News, reviews, events, and more. And now, recording from the broadcast bunker, it's Ben Anderson, the host of Foamcast Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Before we get into the Stratcom, I've got a quick sit rep for you. I just wanted to give you a quick update on last week's tactical analysis of the Dart Zone Ballistics Ops Apex. At the time, I hadn't had a chance to open up the blaster, but last week I went ahead and did that and found that it can in fact take a K26 upgrade spring, specifically one that is sized for the Kronos. Side note, I also found out that that safety trigger is really simple to remove. Alright, no new Foam Patrol officers to shout out this week, but you can join the Foam Patrol and get your own shout out in the episode by going to patreon.com slash foamcastradio. Alright, let's get into this week's Stratcom. First up, we've got four new blasters from D-Dart. Photos and videos were posted by my friend Krein Verbruggen over at Foam Focus after he discovered these blasters at a toy fair in Germany. First up, we have the Tempest Pro. It's very similar to the original Tempest, but it has a faster rate of fire. Next, we have the Cyclone, which has swappable rings. So once you've run out of ammo, you can take the ring off and put a different ring on that is fully loaded. Next is the Hailstorm. This one actually fires rival ammo and holds 77 rounds. And finally, the Twin Tornado, which has an inner and an outer ring, and it can shoot one or two darts at once. If you choose one dart at a time, it automatically switches from one ring to the other once the first ring runs out of darts. The Twin Tornado holds 54 darts total. Currently, we don't know what the prices or release dates of any of these blasters will be, but I will let you know as soon as I find out. Next, we have the Flywheel the World Nexus. This is a magazine-fed flywheel blaster that uses the Flywheel the World micro flywheels and their hyperdrive solenoid pusher. This is a Talon-compatible blaster, so it uses half-length darts, and it's going to be available in semi-auto, full-auto, or select-fire options. What's really cool about this blaster is that it is a toolless snap-together shell, so you won't need a screwdriver to take it apart or put it together. Now, even though this is a printed blaster, it won't be available on Thingiverse. It will be sold exclusively by Flywheel the World on their website. Each blaster will have a unique serial number in the shell, and this blaster is pretty cool looking. It looks a lot like an Uzi. You can check out renderings over on the Flywheel the World Instagram or Facebook pages. We're still waiting to find out the exact price and release date, but I'll let you know about that as well. Alright, for the last Stratcom item this week, the third annual Women of Nerf podcast is coming up. This is an annual live stream by Sam Brandt from Women of Nerf, and it will include announcements, a Q&A section, some unknown raffles, and more. You can watch it live on the Women of Nerf Facebook page. I'm talking about the public page, not the private group, and it will be live streaming on Sunday, February 9th at noon Eastern. 
Foamcast Radio is supported by Flux Sunglasses. Whenever you're flinging foam, you need to be wearing eye protection. But shop glasses don't protect you from glare or UV rays, and most sunglasses are either too expensive for the battlefield or too cheap to hold up to punishment. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about Flux Sunglasses. These stylish sunglasses are durable enough to protect you from flying foam, polarized to cut glare, UV protected, and ridiculously affordable. For a limited time, my listeners can visit foamcastradio.com flux and use the coupon code foamcast at checkout to save 15% off their already low prices. Protecting your eyes on the battlefield is important. Don't wait another day to protect yourself with the only brand of eyewear I trust when I'm out on the field. Visit foamcastradio.com slash flux right now and don't forget to use the coupon code FOAMCAST to save 15% off your entire order. Thanks to Flux Sunglasses for being the official eyewear of Foamcast Radio. Alright, it's time for my tactical analysis of the Dart Zone Storm Squad Quick Shot. Thank you to Primetime Toys for sending me this blaster. I did let them know that I would be giving it an honest review, and I would let my audience know that I had received it for free. The Quick Shot is a slide-primed 4-dart revolver. The slide includes an integrated decorative scope. It doesn't actually zoom. It's priced at $5 US dollars and available now at Dollar General. Alright, let's talk about the ergonomics. The grip on this blaster is very small. In fact, my pinky slips off the bottom of the grip. It's definitely made for little kid hands. That said, the trigger pull does feel really nice and smooth. And the scope decoration makes for a good handle for priming. Aesthetically, this blaster is mostly dark blue with an orange trigger and muzzle, and a dark gray slide and scope. This is a very small revolver blaster, smaller than, say, a Nerf Disruptor. The scope decoration definitely gives it a unique look. It kind of looks like a gun from a video game. Another thing that I noticed was that it has no trigger guard, which is unusual for a blaster. Alright, let's talk about the actual function of this blaster. One of the important things to note is that the cylinder cycles on the trigger pull, sort of like a Nerf Maverick and not like a Nerf Disruptor. This cycling helps with loading because if the blaster is not primed, you can keep pulling the trigger to cycle the cylinder and load it up. One nice thing about this blaster is that it can be deprimed, meaning you can pull the slide back after it's been primed and then pull the trigger and ride it forward without firing. Unfortunately, this also means that this blaster does not have any slam fire functionality. Performance-wise, I was actually really impressed by this blaster. One of the first things I noticed when firing it was that it has no air restrictor at all. Probably thanks to this, it hits at about 70 feet per second in my testing, which is pretty good for a stock pistol. Alright, now let's talk about modification potential. One of the things that I noticed was that the scope decoration has a solvent welded ring on it. So that's something that will make it difficult to take apart if you want to modify it. That said, I haven't actually taken it apart to check and see if I can do a spring upgrade, but that is something that I plan to do. Another modification people have speculated about is cutting off the scope and just having a bare slide or replacing it with a rail. And it really looks like this would be something simple to do with like a bandsaw, but because that scope sort of gives you a handle for priming, doing this might actually make priming the blaster more difficult. 
In conclusion, the Quickshot is definitely a budget blaster. That being said, it is a great blaster for only 5 US dollars. That's the same price as the Nerf Alpha Strike Fang, which is also a 4-shot blaster, but uses a smart AR instead of a cylinder. I was actually really impressed at how hard this blaster hits, considering it's so inexpensive. So it's definitely a good option if you want to get a bunch of cheap blasters for, like, a birthday party or something. So if you're looking for a bunch of inexpensive blasters, definitely check out the Quick Shot. Alright, let's get into this week's Requisition Recon. Walmart has the Nerf and Strike Elite Ruckus, normally 20 US dollars, marked down to 11. And the Nerf Modulus Strike and Defend Upgrade Kit, originally 15 US dollars, is marked down to just 4. Amazon has the Nerf AccuStrike Quadrant, originally 10 US dollars, marked down to 7. And Walmart has the Nerf AccuStrike Alpha Hawk, originally 30 US dollars, marked down to 19. You can get the Nerf Rebel Mission Central app rail mount, originally 15 US dollars, it's marked down to 6 over at Amazon. The Adventure Force Double Trouble, originally 20 US dollars, is marked down to 15 over at Walmart. And Target has the Nerf Laser Ops Classic Ion Blaster 2 pack, originally 30 US dollars, marked down to 22. Amazon is having a sale on headshot ammo, with some colors coming in at 13 US dollars for 110 rounds. And the Dart Zone 100 round refill pack, originally 20 US dollars, is on sale for just 15 over at Amazon. As always, I've got some coupon codes for you. If you make a purchase from Blaster Wraps, use the code FOAMCAST for 20% off. If you purchase some Flux sunglasses, use FLUXCAST10 for 10% off. And if you make a purchase from SM Enterprises, use code FOAMCAST for 10% off. Don't forget to join my Facebook fan group, Foamcast Radio Fans, where I'm always sharing giveaways from the different blaster manufacturers and mod companies. Alright, let's get into this weekend's Battlespace Intel. On Saturday, February 8th, the University of Nottingham Nerf Society is having their regular session in Nottingham, England. The Queen City Nerf Club is having their War Number no. 3 in Charlotte, North Carolina. The San Diego Nerf Club is having their Trench Tactics bonus event in San Diego, California. Dustin Reed and the Redeemer Lutheran Church are having their Foamuary Number no. 2 event in Springfield, Missouri. And the 307 Nerf Foam Flingers Group is having their February War in Lander, Wyoming. On Sunday, February 9th, the Adelaide Nerf community is having their war at Henley High in Adelaide, South Australia. And on Friday, February 14th, the Garden State Nerf Squad is having their mod and loadout workshop in Paramus, New Jersey. Big thanks to everyone who submitted their events this week. Make sure you follow at Foamcast Radio on Twitter for critical mission updates. For more info on any of these events and to make sure your event gets mentioned on the podcast, visit foamcastradio.com slash intel. Foamcast Radio is supported by Blaster Wraps. I love modding blasters, and making them look unique can be so much fun. But painting takes a long time, a lot of sanding, and a clean and dust-free environment. Hydro dipping makes patterns possible, but takes a lot of skill and practice to get right. That's why I'm so excited about Blaster Wraps. These cool adhesive vinyl skins are custom created for popular blasters and available in hundreds of cool designs. From your favorite camo pattern to fun animal prints, even food patterns, and so much more. For a limited time, my listeners can get 20% off their order of any Blaster Wraps product by visiting foamcastradio.com wraps and using the coupon code FOAMCAST at checkout. Customizing your blasters has never been so easy. Get your Blaster Wraps today at foamcastradio.com slash wraps and be sure to use the coupon code foamcast at checkout for your exclusive discount thanks to blaster wraps for supporting foamcast radio
All right, everybody, this week I'm really excited to be talking once again to Chris Zimmerman, also known as My3D Base. He's the creator of the NG1, NG2, and now the NG3 Blaster. Chris, you were actually on the podcast previously on episode 72. How are you doing today? Fine, thank you very much. A bit tired, but awesome. Yeah, I definitely appreciate you talking to me. It's a little bit difficult sometimes uh, to coordinate interviews. In your case, you're all the way in Germany, and so I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk to me today. Previously, you talked about how you got into the hobby and started designing blasters back on episode 72. So if people are interested in hearing kind of your full backstory there, I definitely encourage people to go back and listen to that episode. But uh, can you really quickly just give us sort of a, a recap of how you got into the hobby and started designing blasters? I think um, I got into the hobby, but uh, my 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 son he um, he got a blaster. I think for his his birthday. Um, I can't remember which one it is. It's all white and and um, and blue pump action style or something. And um, after a while, so my my wife and I we also run a three D printing business. And after a while, um, I started thinking if I couldn't do my own uh, blaster, basically, and seeing the FDL two at the time, and uh, this was basically it. This was what people. People were doing um and then i started thinking about doing my own and it, i started with the uh, uh ng1 at the time and this took pretty long the ng1 i i have to admit i underestimated <laughs> the complexity of something like this and designing flywheels and things and it also looked awful in the beginning and didn't perform very well so this is basically how it started and um yeah it took uh, a few months to get up with the um, um to finish the ng1 actually so this was this was the first blaster and then uh last time you were on the show we talked about the ng2 talked a lot about what goes into that and what it's made of but since then you've done some more development of that project and kind of came up with a new version so can you tell us really quickly about the ng2 micro um maybe quickly about the motivation of, of why i did it um when i started with the ng1 it was basically like an engineering project for me so it became i shouldn't say complex but um more complex than it had to be and after that one i did the um ng2 goblin and the ng2 goblin performance was still uh, pretty good but i i tried to simplify the the uh, the design and optimize it for 3D printing. This is something I didn't necessarily have in mind for the NG2. So the printing the NG2 takes quite long. Assembling the NG, sorry, the NG1 and assembling the NG1 takes quite long. And I was trying to simplify that um, for the for the NG2. Now the NG2 was also smaller, which also means it, it means it prints um, much much quicker. And and then I was thinking maybe I can take it even further. Um, so simplifying the design of the NG2 even further. And that's why I came up with the NG2 Micro. So the NG2 Micro, micro is smaller. It has far less parts. So um, there's less assembly for me involved. So as an example, the um, the main body and the handle are, are one piece. And the NG2, the Goblin, the standard one, reaches about 120, 130 FPS, whereas the Micro is 90 FPS, simply because the flywheels are smaller. Um, the whole cage is, is much, much smaller. So I was really trying to make it as small as possible to minimize print times um, and also to minimize the amount of material I would use and reduce part count and thereby simplify assembly. So it's a very optimized blaster for, for 3D printing. As I mentioned, the flywheels are, are somewhat smaller. Again, they're ABS. So really most of the parts are 3D printed in this, obviously, except for the screws and the motors, but everything else really is 3D printed. So I'm still sticking to my ABS flywheels 
Now here, balance is, is, is quite tricky to get the printing process, to get some decent balance in those. But the advantage is that I don't have to stock them. I don't have to buy them. Everything is, is basically manufactured um, on, on demand. Very cool. Well, it definitely sounds like um, some improvements and uh, maybe some trade-offs, too, in, in making that smaller design. Yes. But it's definitely cool that you've kind of stuck with it as far as, you know, coming up with a new version and playing around with a variation on the NG2 design. That's that's really cool. Now, obviously, uh, the big news is that you have the new blaster, the NG3. And for people who maybe aren't familiar, haven't heard about this, can you tell us really quickly what the NG3 is? Um, so the NG3 uh, um, is is a, um, a rival design and, uh, again, a sidearm. And um, it takes those, um, I'm not sure what they're called, those standard uh, rival uh, mags you have. And, again, the design was pretty um, complex. So I, in total, went through 17 versions of, of, of this uh, blaster. Um, so if you check my files, you will find uh, 17 different versions, of which I believe five were printed. And um, in the beginning, the first versions were actually full auto. So they would fire all the rival balls you had in the magazine basically at once. Because from my understanding, this was sort of what people would like to have. It still uses flywheels. Those flywheels are, in fact, somewhat bigger than the ones I use in the NG2, uh, still smaller than the NG1. But uh, compared to the NG2, those flywheels are, are somewhat higher as well. And here I had um, difficulty getting printed flywheels to perform um, well enough. So basically, making them higher makes them heavier. And if they get heavier, any imbalance is is more critical. So getting them to perform and not being too noisy and, and not creating too much vibrations was, was quite tricky. And then uh, I posted a couple of pictures, did a couple of videos about the, the first versions of the NG3 um, on Instagram and people's feedback was basically that um, well they were asking if there's if it's semi-auto or, or a full auto and if it's full auto they were um, a little bit, a bit disappointed so then I was thinking oh geez for the NG2 people would always ask the same question and and they would appreciate in a full auto version but apparently for arrival it was slightly different so I went back to the drawing board with the NG3 and having to come up with a semi-auto mechanism and one design rule I'm also I'm I'm trying to follow is to keep it as, as simple as possible. So I wanted to come up with a semi-auto mechanism that was simple. I mean, you can easily add a gear motor that maybe fires um, one round per shot or uh, things like this. But uh, instead, I wanted to come up with something very simple I can print that isn't too too costly, something I don't have to purchase. Uh, so that took me a while. And I had discussions with my wife on this because sometimes it helps if you if you get some input from an outsider. Um, so then I at some point I figured it out. So it has a very, very simple mechanism that um, enables this this uh, semi-auto function and um, everything is just uh, basically surrounding that so um, it has the the magazine which feeds from the back so the spring in the magazine is actually the one driving also the rival balls into the blaster into the flywheels and that works perfectly well and below that you have the battery compartment which is pretty much comparable to the one you have in the in the NG2. Again, here I also, you know, I was trying to incorporate what I've learned so far. So um, in terms of manufacturing, it's pretty simple. The parts that I use, they they mostly print without support, so I don't have to do any any post processing. And uh, uh, the main component that also um, holds the the motors is printed in ABS. The rest is PLA, 
but everything that potentially can get warm is is ABS. So again, I mean, it was actually quite tricky to to come up with, um, but now it's working very very reliable, um, and it's peaking out at around 100 FPS. So sometimes it's exceeding uh, 100 FPS, but it's around around that value. Very cool. Well, I definitely have more questions about uh, the NG3. Before we get to those, though, I've got a quick message from one of my hand-selected sponsors, and then we'll be right back. Foamcast Radio is supported by Hobby King. When I need a new battery for my latest blaster build, my favorite place to go is Hobby King. I can put in the exact specs and dimensions I want, and Hobby King gives me a list of candidates at incredibly affordable prices. Every flywheel build I make has a battery in it from Hobby King because I can count on them to fit perfectly and have the discharge rating and capacity I need for maximum performance and reliability. You can get 100 reward points when you create your Hobby King account for free right now. Take advantage of this offer exclusively available to Foamcast Radio listeners by going to foamcastradio.com slash hobbyking. Once again, to get 100 reward points, go to foamcastradio.com slash hobbyking and create your Hobby King account for free right now. Thanks to Hobby King for supporting Foamcast Radio. All right, so a second ago we were talking about the NG3. You were describing kind of your development process and what makes it different from your previous blaster designs. And you mentioned that it's getting performance right around the 100 FPS mark. Uh, I, I actually wanted to comment a little bit about uh, the semi-auto nature of this blaster because I think that that's something that's perhaps a little underappreciated. I, I think it's a good idea that you went with semi-auto because, you know, obviously people are familiar with the Jupiter. We, we have the full auto hobby rival blaster that's out there. Uh, and I, I think it was a good idea to go with something a little bit different so that people kind of have more options, more things that they can experiment with or, you know, make it suit their play style a little bit better. So I personally think that was a great design decision to go with the semi-auto. It, it definitely makes it a unique blaster and maybe will keep people from accusing you of just ripping off somebody else's design so much. Uh, obviously, this is something that you've done a lot of hard work on and uh, it, it would be a shame for somebody to act like you copied someone else. And so by having a, a semi-auto blaster, that definitely sets it apart as its own unique design. So far, what has been the response from the community to the actual finished design? Obviously, this is like a really recent release, but so far, what have you seen that people are saying about it? I think, yeah, people people do like the design, and I um, totally agree with your statement about um, semi-auto. I think it's, yes, you're right. I think it is um, underappreciated, and sometimes people think it is easier to design semi-auto than full auto. I think in this case, it's actually um, reversed. Um, so, yeah, people do like the design. The thing is, with 3D printed blasters, they're usually costly. They uh, definitely compare to um, something you buy from Hasbro, so they, it's, it's like five or six times um, costier. And also, yes, I will uh, be compared to the um, the Jupiter, and that's that's okay. Um, the same thing actually happened uh, when I posted pictures about the first NG1. It got compared to the FDL, um, and I think that's totally fine. I mean, it is a 3D printed blaster, and from the pure nature of it, how would you launch rival balls from the magazine? It, it sort of looks similar. Um, that, that's something sort of you, you cannot do much about. I think in in uh, in the design, and also, um, I mean, the design is at its core it's still based on on what i know and and the design from the ng uh two you know the, the simple fact how is the um the handler range and these kind of things so i always start i always start with 
what I know from from and have learned from previous blasters. Now, if it's compared to the Jupiter, as I said, that's that's completely fine. I think the Jupiter, similar to the FDL, is um, or maybe the Jupiter is the FDL for for rival, and it's sort of the the benchmark that that people know. So I think that's compar- that, that comparison is pretty fair. Um, it just means that I have to do some work. You know, I have to explain to people what is the difference, uh, what is the uh, advantage, what is the disadvantage, um, and I think there need to be differences. Um, if I would be doing exactly the same thing, it, 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 it's, it's, it's pointless. In the design, I was trying, as I said, to keep it simple. If I make it simple, it also means that it doesn't have to be that costly. Um, so it's still pretty, I think it's still pretty affordable. It's very similar to the NG2. And as you said, I was not, I, I took it in the direction of, of semi-auto, fully aware that maybe then the, the, the way you, you use it is, is, is also different than the Jupiter. Definitely. Well, it is definitely a interesting design. I think that, uh, people are looking forward to getting their hands on it and playing around with it. Uh, but you're not just sitting on your hands over there. You've got other things you're working on. Can you give us uh, maybe some little teasers about other projects you've got going on? So what is happening basically is that um, I'm developing sort of a family of blasters. And you might have seen that, for example, there's a, a version of the NG2 with a with a du- it's like a dual cage version with four motors. Um, there's the NG2 Micro, which is also based on the on the NG2. Now there's the N- NG3. So it's like a little family and they share uh, past a this communality, which uh, simplifies things for, for me and the design and also manufacturing. And I'm, I'm trying to maintain that. So what I've um, done lately is that I've experimented a lot with dual cages, um, new flywheel setups. And my aim will be with the NG4 um, to sort of come up with a, maybe a replacement for the NG1, not really a replacement, but I was, I will aim at something higher performing. So maybe in the, in the range of 200 FPS, but still very simplistic. You could also obviously go for something that is um, much more sophisticated with Arduinos, um, motor control and these kind of things. So, but I would like to come up with an NG4, which maybe reaches about 200 FPS, but still maintaining that, um, simplistic design DNA, which I have now in the, uh, NG2 design. Very cool. Well, we will definitely look forward to seeing what you come up with. Obviously, uh, you know, people are going to be interested in following along and seeing what you're developing. So if they want to do that, uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, so if you look for like my 3D base, um, I post mostly you know, almost everything on Instagram. So if you follow me on Instagram and then occasionally I manage to even put up a video on, on YouTube. So this is something I'm not very good at, uh, but I'll try to do more of that in the future. All right. Well, we will definitely put links to those on the show notes at foamcastradio.com so people can go and follow along. And then if people are interested in actually buying one of your blasters, uh, where can they find your store? The store is uh, my3dbase.com or Etsy. So either of those is, is fine. Awesome. And again, we will put those links in the show notes. Well, Chris, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been awesome getting to catch up a little bit on some of your more recent projects as well as hear about some of your upcoming ones. Uh, before I let you go, I've got that one final question that I ask all my guests at the end of an interview. And of course, we do have that caveat there that uh, I, I want to know what your favorite blaster is other than the blasters that you've developed yourself. Yes, uh, thanks for having me. Um, I would still have to say it's the FDL3 because for me, it's sort of a, a benchmark and those guys were 
were the first with a really high-performing um, Nerf blaster. So I would have to say the FDL-3. Awesome. Chris, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. If you want to hear the pre- and post-interview conversation I had with Chris, Patreon supporters have access right now to the behind-the-scenes version that's almost an hour long. I've got a quick action item for you before I sign off. Head over to the Phonecast Radio fans group and answer this question. What feature would you like to see come to the NG line of blasters? Thanks to Flux Sunglasses, Blaster Wraps, and Hobby King for sponsoring this episode. Please support the podcast by supporting my sponsors. You can find a complete listing of all my sponsors at filmcastradio.com sponsors. Thanks to Chris Zimmerman from My3DBase for being my guest this week. And thanks to my supporters on Patreon. If you liked this episode, please consider becoming a supporter on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Rewards include shoutouts, suggesting questions for upcoming guests, automatic entry in every counterintelligence contest, and more. You can sign up and directly support future episodes of the podcast at patreon.com slash foamcastradio. And finally, thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the battlefield. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to make sure you won't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so it's easy to follow us and share this episode with your friends. You can also find us at foamcastradio.com, where you can view the show notes, order merch, and more. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of Foamcast Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Foamcast Radio ASMR. This week, we have the subject of this week's tactical analysis, the Dart Zone Storm Squad Quick Shot. Enjoy the soothing sounds of this blaster that has no air restrictor being primed and fired repeatedly. <laughs>